0: Alo, alo, alo. You are listening to a new dual poetry podcast from the Poetry Translation Center. I am Bernrich Farley, communications program manager at the PTC. This week we are celebrating the work of Eritrean poet and refugee rights activist Ribka Sabatu. The PTC has just published a collection of her poems and fables as part of our World Poets series, with translations by Andre Nafis Sahali. Ribka writes in Tigrinya and Amharic, two languages native to Eritrea, as well as Italian and French. The poet calls her languages her stepdaughters. She translates her own work into Italian, and Andre in turn translates the Italian into English. The collaboration has been going for a decade. Andre began translating her work in 2010, and Sam Maguire, founder of the PTC, invited him to lead a series of workshops on Sabatu's poetry. In his introduction to their PTC book, Andre gives a brief biographical sketch of her life. He says, "Ribka Sabatu was born in Asmara in 1962, the year Ethiopia unilaterally annexed the former Italian colony of Eritrea, triggering a slow-burning liberation war that would last for the next three decades, with each of the then-superpowers, the US and the USSR, taking sides, turning the conflict into yet another Cold War proxy. In 1979, at the age of 17, Sabatu was sentenced to 10 months in prison for criticising the government on false charges trumped up by an Ethiopian politician whom Sabatu had refused to marry. Upon her release, Sabatu first took refuge at a relative's house, then adopted a false identity, finally fleeing to Addis Ababa in 1981, where she completed her education. In 1986, Sabatu married a French man relocating to his native country, and she began a new life in Lyon, where her daughter Sarah was born. Once that marriage ended, Sabatu moved again, this time to Rome, where she published her first collection of poems, *Allo, canto poesa dell'Eltria, a volume of confessional lyrics written both to Grigna and Italian. Sabatu's poems starkly, yet deftly relay the experiences and traumas suffered during her youth, offering us a highly intimate personal history, whether in the moving elegy, My Ababa, written in tribute to a cellmate killed during Sabatu's incarceration, or in the more light-hearted portrait of her daughter Sarah at a young age in African grandmothers. Nevertheless, this selection also includes more overtly political poems, which see Sabatu reflecting not only on her own deracination or the plight of refugees, but even the fate of the Chechen separatists who stormed the Dubrovka Theatre in Moscow during the 2002 hostage crisis. Although Sabatu writes in Italian, Tigrinya and Amharic, three of her five languages, the lost paradise of her native home always manages to sneak through one way or the other. One may see this at work in Lampedusa, where the Tigrinya words of a desperate appeal to the Almighty tear through the fabric of the Italian original. A literal testament to Sabatu's commitment to preserving air trains culture exile. Alongside her poetry, Ribka has worked to collect and record the folkloric canon of the Horn of Africa, a body of oral literature that was handed down for generations. These stories are known as aloes, meaning, please give me permission, I have something to say in rhyme. So today we'll be playing you one poem and one fable, so you can get a sense of the breadth of her work. First you'll hear a fable called The Exact Number of Stars read in Chukrinye by Ribka herself, and then in English translation by Andre, followed by an Amharic poem called My Abeba. These recordings were made by the poet and her translator in their homes during the lockdown, so you will hear daily life going on in the background. Enjoy!
1: In Eritrea, when we wanted to say a story, a fairy tale, we say, so what's a while? And the public who is ready to hear your story, say which means "I have a story to tell you." And the who want to listen, here we are. We listen you, and then the story starts. inni <laughs> نتصلت عن نوينو كل عبيت الزخانو كلهم حروض وميلو إنه صعب تقزازيه بلو بلو قوصرخوا أخب تحيج تنقروني إلواء نتم عدد تجهر نقو نتو نبقو أبتحت ماريت تزحاب قودي ناببقو خيدو عبو وغاي إس حيات نقوص لما عالتي زي إزاز تقزازيونا انتا لكم قوصرخوا أخب تمت صليه لنا قوصرخوا أخب تضحاتي تقوم زودي كتبوه أخب ولكن افضل مع من اجل ان يكون إذا افضل من اجل ان يكون هناك افضل من اجل ان يكون هناك أنت أثنى جوست ماك أنيلو، تهزب عكبه، نسخاتكم تأذز بر، حساب كم على كم زن سعبي لحدتو، عتابو، لو مخان برد أبى بعري أمتؤ ليه لينا، عليك أنتي فيكم كبككم أبنوس وصيتكم ماشينوا، أنت زد عليت أبغى كوبو، كم تاز بالام زحلب أو مساب بالو، أتبع راجدة we had enough for my house the children... I don't know where you are becauseRain anyone can imagine his 도hran coming with. Devastar he a day of ground... This is a I think his body's done. If that's انتاي مهيزون كتصنحوا اليوم، كم يركب، كتاشكم من هدلينا <تصفيق> ناس كسخه لونات مزلسه انت مجمريه معلتي نسخكم وخدمتوا مع الويها سي يقولوا طفح يسكا مصيخه دحر صباد شيين بعره يا مصيخه حجي كان هلكه نتبرت حتى ابو خب هوت كل لو حقته صار ويدما بز سيفك غمدكاي بلو كي تقتلوني قال كي دان اتو لي مش تصرو خنا قال كده نص عطوله، انبأ أركس إذا خلوا مستر أبوي يزن جرني، ويعني عبيتي مقتال هي تجادي انبأ عليه، إلو ينسق لكني يلو قع س بفردني إلو يحطت، ولاهز بنت محرو نتي أبوي يزح عد
2: The exact number of stars. I have a story to tell. We're ready. We're listening. Once upon a time, when stones were made of hambasha bread, there lived a tyrant who couldn't suffer any threats to his power. And since this despot wanted to rid himself of any potential rivals, he issued an order decreeing that all the kingdom's elders were to have their throats slit, seeing as how they were the only ones who could pose a threat to him employing the wisdom they had inherited from their ancestors. And so the kingdom's elders were slain. Only a single young man was able to save his father, building him an underground refuge where he could hide. When the murderers came looking for his father, the young man replied, my father died many years ago. I was raised by my mother. Without insisting further, the tyrant's men left. After some time, the king called an assembly, at which he opposed a despotic demand on his subjects. I order you to tell me the exact number of stars right now. When the king's subjects heard this and understood how impossible it would be to oblige him, they grew very apprehensive. But the young man who'd saved his father immediately went to the latter's refuge and called him. Father, tell me, my son, today that the tyrant has asked the impossible of us, he said. What, my son? We must tell him the exact number of stars immediately. Did he really ask such a thing? Take heart, you'll be able to give him the right answer. His father grabbed a wancha and filled it with a bunch of tuff, which he then spilled into a goatskin. Here, my son, he continued, these grains of taft correspond to the exact number of stars. Deliver this goatskin to the king and tell him to count them. If there are more stars than grains, then will submit to any punishment he desires. The young man rushed to the assembled villagers and relayed his father's instructions, which were followed to the letter. When the king saw that his subjects, what his subjects had brought him, he realized he'd been tricked. He was so embarrassed that it left him speechless. The people were grateful to the young man for having saved the village. From that day on, his name was on everyone's lips, and the young man was routinely blessed for all the good he'd done to his people. But before too long, the king summoned another assembly and said, I have a new request for you. What is it? They asked. You must bring me some bull's milk. The subjects were appalled by this new request. And as they didn't know who would really come up with a solution to their last problem, they went to find the young man again. They brought him a number of gifts and begged him to solve their problems. The young man went back to his father. Father, today the king made another impossible request. We must bring him some bull's milk. Don't worry, my son, the old man replied. Take one of our bulls, put him in an enclosure, and keep him isolated. Deprive him of food and drink for seven days. On the eighth day, give him nothing to drink but milk. As soon as he's finished drinking, bring him to the king, so that he'll pass the milk in front of his eyes. As you'll see, he'll pass nothing but milk. The village delegates executed the old man's recommendation and told the king, here you are, your majesty. We've brought you bull's milk, just like you commanded. As soon as he'd been presented before the king, the bull started peeing milk. The king was astonished and regaled the village delegates with a sumptuous feast. All the while, he thought about what he might ask them next. What could I possibly ask of them now? After a long reflection, he called another assembly and said, hear me, my people. I want you to relocate my palace to a better spot, but I don't want a single item in the palace to be disturbed, and I want the task completed by lunchtime. Your wish is our command, the delegates replied in unison. After he communicated this latest request, the king left and thought, I'd like to see the, how they find the solution to this one. As agreed, the king went to meet the delegates at the appointed hour, and, as he'd expected, found that his palace was exactly where he'd left it. He asked the delegates, I asked you to move the entire palace, so why is it still in the same spot? Your majesty, they replied, we did move the palace, but as we didn't know where to put it, we placed it back where it was. Besides, we'd like you to rest it on our shoulders. At that point, the king lost his patience and told the man who conveyed the answer, you, come forward. Obeyed, he continued. You were the one who brought me all those grains the first time. Then you brought me a bull who peed milk. And now you answer the most difficult question of all. There's only one explanation for this. Your father is still alive. Either you tell me the truth or I'll slice you in two with this sword. The young man replied, If you promise you won't kill me, I'll tell you everything you want to know. The king promised that he would do him no harm. What you said is true, he said. My father helped us to find the right answers to all your requests. Poor me, the king said despairingly. Our ancestors' wisdom truly is mighty. How wrong I was to have all those elders slaughtered. He subsequently spent a number of days reflecting on all that had happened and decided to submit himself to the villagers' judgment for all the evil he had brought them. Though the people forgave him, the king decided to give over his throne to the young man who'd saved his father, choosing a hermit's life to better tend to his soul. If you forget what you've heard, death will forget you in your turn. But if you keep on remembering, may God grant you all the cornmeal you can eat.
1: Oh boy! أبو بي غلاس مرى أبحس حس سفيرة أيوه أبوك قن ذره بقى كله كم عين كحله عدا شمان من الكعن مسترموت حزيله قحسان اخات ولا نعلم تهويلا سددت اغلغل ام باشا ذي بالله ليت مدري وما ومقحت منزعت ابو بي تمال على سبح الماء يقطر قطره تغد قد فن بينا kab abeba kabay fly hizat al amal sihtou taati ma zakarta an waladi tibla galgal ubbu bayam naita ke am babet al arabah ubit ma dedicated to abeba my prison friend
2: My Abeba, on the hill of Azhaz lived the girl from Asmara. Alas, my beautiful Abeba, so poised and slender. Abeba, a flower that rhymes like coal rhymes around an eye. So that the world may know, while they were digging her grave, cloaked in mystery and death, she wove an agel basket and sent it devoid of hambasha bread. On an indelible night, they took her from me in handcuffs. Every day I feel her presence, but, every, but I see her everywhere in the dark. She never wants to leave me, so bring me my Abeba's al-Gagel. Perhaps it holds the answer, the key to those handcuffs that now bite into me. My Abeba's al bears a single inscription, a memento for my loved ones, my friend in prison, a flower, who faded before she bloomed.
0: Andre and Ribka are currently in the midst of an online tour to celebrate the launch of this book. Upcoming events include a talk about post-colonial Italian literature being hosted by the Manchester Poetry Library on the 23rd of July and an intimate Zoom conversation with Ribka and Andre on the 31st. Buy a ticket to this unique event, and we'll send you a copy of the book. There are only 20 places available, so grab one while you can. You can find all the details at poetrytranslation.org slash events. Rebecca's book received an English Pen Award, and the publication and tour were co-funded by Creative Europe. So thank you, folks. This is an example of how, despite generous funding from Arts Council England, the PTC still needs additional help to make our work with international poets and translators happen. The Poetry Translation Centre was founded to celebrate the best of world poetry, and you can be part of this story, helping poets like Ribka find a new audience in the English language. Go to poetrytranslation.org support us and give what you can. Join us again in two weeks for more from Ribka Sabatu and her translator, Andre Nafis Sahali. This week I've been recording Underneath the Duvet. And it is hot here. Stay safe, everyone, and may God grant you all the cornmeal you can eat.